About what? Exactly. Welcome, everyone, to About What? This is Justin, and I'm here with my co-host, Tyler. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Rock you like a hurricane. This is going to be an interesting episode. What do you think of, uh, you know, Rock You Like a Hurricanes from the Scorpions? Yeah. Uh, do you like the Scorpions? Do you like... Yeah. I wouldn't consider them really a hair band. They were kind they, of a late... they got that style, though, right? Well... They were a late 70s rock mm-hmm. band that yeah. kind of yeah, worked their way through the 80s. I kind of mm-hmm. compare them to like some of the bands like Journey and mm-hmm. REO Speedwagon. They existed before the hair band movement, yeah, but they also lived through it too, and they kind of get thrown in there. But they weren't like the Poison and Motley Crue with the spandex and the yeah. uh, makeup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and the ratted hair. I have no idea why we went there. I don't either, because we've had so many great conversations in the last 10 minutes, and I keep telling Justin, we we should be recording this. (laughs) One of them being, uh, I'm a little upset at Tyler for suggesting that I watch Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, because I was not impressed by the movie. You know, we we are coming upon that time of year, uh, the Yuletide season, the season of Yule, uh, and we are... um, yeah, kiss, 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 bang, bang, bang. If I can say the name myself um, without getting tongue-tied, is a very um, non-traditional Christmas movie. <laughs> well, I, I think you kind of hit it on the head when you said it's worth watching because of Val mm-hmm. Kilmer. Because mm-hmm. Val Kilmer, funny enough, is one of my favorite actors, but I can really only name four or five movies he's in. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can think of Top Gun. I can think of Tombstone. Obviously, one of my favorite, The Doors. Even though it, I like it for what it is. It was a kind of a blasphemous uh, film. Oliver's Oliver Stone's uh, direction of The Doors <laughs> was pretty pitiful when it comes to true storytelling. But you know, yeah. if you like it for just the music, because that's simply what got me into The Doors was mm-hmm. the movie The Doors, and and my dad made me listen to it. But yeah. You know, and of course, Val Kilmer and The Saint, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies. And, and there's some others I can think of, but those come to mind right offhand. But didn't Oliver Stone also do JFK? He did, and yeah. I really liked that, but I think in... But once again... <laughs> yeah, once again, it in the same way he did The Doors, um, it, I mean, he's, he takes his liberties and, and puts his... Uh, spin on things to make it theatrical which i guess that's great to do but i I don't know if they fall into the documentary yeah they're they're, light very well you you couldn't call them documentaries this is very much um fiction (laughs) yeah and you know i i've seen oliver stone on a couple podcasts in fact i think i listened to him on joe rogan a while Mm -hmm. back and he he strikes me as a very uh I think he's into a lot of conspiracy theory mm-hmm. bullshit and not, not saying it's all bullshit, but yeah. it, it just seems like funny when people are into conspiracy theories, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't look at a situation as a whole and say, 
okay, I've, I've listed down through all these things. And this is what I believe. I believe mm-hmm. there was a conspiracy here. Most yeah. time, if somebody's a conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. they think everything's a conspiracy. Oh, yeah, exactly. And that's kind of the funny thing is that uh, the, the I believe the phrase goes that there's a spook behind every tree. Yeah. Personally, I believe that there's certain trees out there that have spooks behind them, but I don't believe that every tree has a spook behind them. Well, and I'm even further than that. I think a lot of things, you know, when you think of big conspiracies that we've talked about before, you know, JFK, Marilyn Monroe, mm-hmm. things like that. Bigfoot. Yeah, Bigfoot. <laughs> I, I think of those ones that come to mind as being more comical than anything. I think mm-hmm. the things that have conspiracies behind them, for the most part, are probably not even the ones we're talking about. Yeah. Because if there was a conspiracy, a lot of the tracks were covered really well, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, I'm sure there's certain aspects to them, you know. It makes yeah. you wonder what the JFK thing, and and that's mm-hmm. all we're ever going to get to do is wonder because... Yeah, because well, and the JFK thing is, like, there's so many different angles to it. And, yeah, the way that it, it played out was a perfect storm. I, you just happen to have so many different pieces fall into place right at the same time. So there's no, I mean, there's no way of knowing for sure. Yeah. Because, but... because there's a dozen different people that have uh, claimed responsibility for it. And each one of them has some sort of plausibility. Well, that's why, you know, depending on whose documentary you watch, you can fall into belief of multiple things that yeah. happened or didn't happen, you mm-hmm. know, and, and there just wasn't enough. I think if there was controversy involved, mm-hmm. you know, right now everybody's just, you know, because that's what they believe that, you know, there's conspiracy behind everything. I think when you want to believe there's conspiracy, then there's going to be conspiracy. Yeah. You know, but the truth of it is, is just like Bigfoot, no one's been able to prove anything mm-hmm. in a number of of years right and thousands upon thousands of investigations and things like that so until something comes to light that's solid that can be proven it's a lot of bullshit talk i think have you seen the movie the man who killed hitler and then the bigfoot starring sam elliott i have not no that movie had it had every element of the makings of a great of a great show i mean it was a great time you have the concept of uh, Sam Elliott playing this grizzled old World War II vet who had infiltrated the Nazis and assassinated Hitler. And then the country calls on him again to go after Bigfoot because Bigfoot's uh, killing a bunch of Canadians. So they send him up to Canada to hunt Bigfoot. Um, And, you know, it's got a couple of decent scenes in it, but all in all, it was a real letdown of a movie. So is it a serious movie or yeah is it meant to it, be it, it takes itself seriously sarcastic it no, does no it takes itself seriously and i think that you could have had a lot of fun with it if you went the sarcastic route i think you could have had more fun with it if you went more the action route um but sam elliott's done a couple of strange movies lately that just that they're kind of out there like heroes another one where i couldn't even finish the movie and then that one has the guy from uh Oh, what's his name? The guy from uh, Parks and Rec. It doesn't matter. But yeah, uh, yeah it was kind of a letdown. Like Sam Elliott's done some really great movies. Well, as famous as Sam Elliott is, he's mm-hmm. done, you know, and I've looked at this, he's done 10 times more movies that nobody's heard of than, yeah. than you know, 
not used to seeing him just in his tough guy roles, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I really enjoyed him in the ranch. Yeah. On Netflix. I don't mm-hmm. know if you watched that. I, I did. It I I thought he was perfect in that mm-hmm. because he was his perfect tough guy self mm-hmm. in a comic way. Yeah, but know? not taking himself too seriously, just being himself. I'd have a hard time taking him serious in this mm-hmm. Bigfoot and uh Adolf Hitler movie because obviously we all know Bigfoot's real and Adolf Hitler never existed. Yeah, uh, I, the the did I say that backwards? Probably. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, we're gonna go through another. Bigfoot got here. syphilis. Syphilis did and not shot himself in a no. bunker. Uh, syphilis got Bigfoot in the bunker with the lead pipe and Miss Scarlet. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, but wow. yeah, uh, Hitler, like that was one of the conspiracies. Like, okay, that there's multiple like uh, lookalikes that are doing the role. And we've seen this uh, played out in different movies over the past that, okay, you have like doubles that keep subbing in for famous people. And yeah, yeah, they, they get assassinated, but nobody knows they got assassinated because they just swap them out for a double. Well, I think once again, getting back to the Bigfoot thing, mm-hmm. I, you know, I did. I was reading about it, and there was this, and I'm not even sure you may know, but there's this certain kind of buffalo mm-hmm. or bison or whatever that they believe to be extinct. Oh. And just a few years ago, they found a herd of like 500 of them up in Canada. Oh, really? I mean, you think of how big and vast yeah. Canada is mm-hmm. and the areas that are still unexplored. Yeah. And so, I mean, the possibility of finding a Bigfoot-like creature, you know, are possible but where the sightings are it's funny because as as time has you know gone on there's more and more sightings as it becomes more and more popular so you know you need to be able to weed the bullshit out from the other we do know there was some kind of hominid species that looked like a bigfoot years and years ago right Mm -hmm. that walked upright on two feet and was big and burly and all that stuff homo erectus no i'm not right now but excuse me are you uh no but i mean i mean there's only two of us in here you're an attractive man yeah i know but if you know we can't both be homo erectus when we're in this room alone together no but uh i guess the funny thing that i keep talking about with bigfoot is that for as many people as keep seeing them, all it takes is for one of them to be telling the truth when and to not be mistaken for it to be real. Uh, that's all it would take. And there's thousands of signs. In fact, I just saw this last week that there's a recent sighting by a photographer down in uh, some canyon around Payson, Utah. And he saw Bigfoot and caught uh, some video. Um, but once again... Um, grainy, fuzzy video. Yeah, I mean, big, <laughs> one of two things are, are to be true. I, I think if there is a Bigfoot-like creature that exists, we're actually seeing aliens that have a way of, you know, coming and leaving without us seeing them or something. It's yeah. got to be something because it's amazing in our mm-hmm. in our age now. With, there's like yeah. 4 billion pictures taken a day mm-hmm. with cell phones. Yeah. And there's all these people seeing Bigfoot, but nobody can quite get mm-hmm. a decent picture. Their yeah. camera's always dirty mm-hmm. or something, you and, know? And the people that are actually out there looking for it are never the ones that find it, right? It's always just some Joe Blow who happened to be going on a walk in the woods, looks up, and here's this ape-like creature that's like 10 feet tall, walking on two feet, 
and throwing rocks at him or something, right? Well, mm-hmm. other other than all the people out there looking have had their experience, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, for the most part, they've mm-hmm. had their experience or trust someone that they know very close True. that has, which is the reason that they're looking. I, I, you know, my, my theory is if I ever run into him, he's going to be throwing beef jerky at me or something. I've seen those commercials. We should hope so. The Jack Link's commercials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I hope Bigfoot is like. But yeah. I tend to not put a lot of belief into Bigfoot because there's been enough so-called sightings Mm -hmm. but we can't get any more than that right it's one thing if it's up in the deep dark north or in the Mm -hmm. amazon or somewhere where there are areas that are unexplored you know this and that i can Mm -hmm. understand that but they're sighted all the time and i'm not talking and and all over the place yeah everywhere Mm -hmm. everywhere from the south to the north to the east to the west everywhere and nobody can get a picture or a video that Mm -hmm. you know can't even be you never know. It could just simply be a bear up on his hind feet, and, but you can't even mm-hmm. see the pictures that well to tell yeah. if it's even that, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one for me. Yeah. Still, it's just fun to talk conspiracy theories. <laughs> well, yeah. And I don't really consider that much <clears throat> as a conspiracy theory as a myth. Yeah. You know, cause to, I mean, don't you think it's a myth until it's, proven otherwise are you gonna keep coughing yeah i'm gonna keep coughing throughout this whole thing episode because that's what i do with my poorly developed lungs yeah well i understand yeah but i I consider it myth until somebody can prove it's factual right i mean yeah and nobody has not Mm -hmm. i mean none of the videos the videos even the old ones what's the most famous video where you see him strutting across there yeah the uh zapreter film no, that's on it. That's the Zabruder film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's amazing that Abraham Zabruder <clears throat> captured John F. Kennedy getting shot on tape and captured and Bigfoot. Captured Bigfoot out and walking through the woods. Doesn't that add a twist to the Kennedy <laughs> no, assassination? I, I think everybody knows that uh, that footage. I think it's from the seventies. It's real yeah. grainy, and you see this big gorilla-looking thing walk across over the woods and rocks and stuff. Um, and it's interesting because, like, they've done a lot of stuff with that footage to, like, steady it and uh, show you what, like, Bigfoot looks like. Yeah, but the footage still is so grainy, it's, it's yeah. almost impossible to tell. Mm-hmm. I, I find it funny, you know, it could be a man dressed up in a, you know, ape uniform. And I, I, mm-hmm. I give those guys all the kudos for daring <laughs> to go out there and do that. Oh, because... yeah, because... You're going to get shot if you go do that sort of shit. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what my, my thought and was. And you deserve you know? to be shot. This oh, is, yeah. These are the, the same sort of people that, like, dress up as clowns and go and, like, drag an axe behind them and uh, follow random strangers because it's just a prank, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Those people deserve to be shot. Well, so as many people out there that believe compar- conspiracy mm-hmm. theories, how many people do you think that out there are trying to... Uh, elicit conspiracy theories you know to mm-hmm. to capture what they may or may not consider to be more gullible people especially mm-hmm. in that area i i kind of want to develop my own conspiracy that's kind of where i was yeah. going Let, with let's, it, you let's, know? let's come up with a conspiracy i but it's so easy to pick on simple things like yeah. bigfoot you know let's go up the canyon yeah. here and mm-hmm. build bigfoot yeah you know get somebody to spot him here and there but uh, let's see, there's other uh, different cryptid uh, type 
animals or or even people um like one of the almost universal traditions is miniature people like uh, in ireland they would call them leprechauns in hawaii they're called the menehune uh they're also called fairies and dwarfs and uh elves depending on where you go but don't you think that <laughs> come from you know the little people as you know yeah. formerly known as midgets which mm-hmm. people don't like to I, I don't know. It, well, that, that's just is. It's not necessarily midgets like little people. We're talking about like Barbie doll size humans. Yeah, but Real I small. mean, but don't you think that might come from that, that people were born that way and that's how they see it? Could be. I mean, I've seen Willow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the, the brownies, right? Oh, speaking of Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer and Wimmel. (laughs) And you would not know that's Val Kilmer. (laughs) No, uh, that's the thing about Val Kilmer. And that's right around the same time he did Top Gun, right? I think it was right after. Yeah, right after. um, A few years before he did The Doors. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. Shortly before doing Tombstone. Yeah, Tombstone was a few years after The Doors. And obviously The Saint was a few years after Tombstone. Yeah. Um, There's another one. He's in one with... um, Oh, uh, is it the island of Doctor Moreau? Yeah, the yeah, island of Doctor Moreau. He, that that was a good film too. Mm-hmm. But I, Val Kilmer, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is one of the best actors yeah. that has been. He he, there's no way he's typecast in anything because oh, no. he's so. You you don't just get Val Kilmer when you cast Val Kilmer. No, he's he's kind of like the pre Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, I mean he. He really lived those characters. And that's that's a very good comparison because Daniel Day-Lewis really gets absorbed into the character, but he's still recognizable as being Daniel Day-Lewis because he just he distinctly looks like himself, right? Yeah, other than, you know, for me... Val Kilmer's same thing. You know, he has very distinct features about him. Yeah, for me, Daniel Day-Lewis, though... Even though he gets into his movies, he had a couple of really good films. But in my opinion, he doesn't have a lot of good films. No, he's um, more picky. Yeah, I mean, I like The Last of the Mohicans. I liked mm-hmm. There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Uh, that's that's probably my favorite yeah. film of his. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Gangs of New York yeah. was done really well. Daniel Day-Lewis, it seemed like for a while, um, especially early on in his career, he would come out of reclusion do a oscar winning performance and then disappear for a few years before coming back again doing another oscar winning performance and then going away again well it makes me wonder if it's his preparation and everything because Probably. he you know it's just like val kilmer did mm-hmm. you know because i know a lot about the doors movie mm-hmm. and val kilmer uh, sang a lot of those scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, he lived it. He went and lived in the same hotel Jim Morrison lived in mm-hmm. for a while. He went to a lot of the same locations. I mean, yeah. he was in character, you know, yeah. something that, you know, there's a few mm-hmm. other actors that come to mind. I know Heath Ledger was quite a bit like that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Heath Ledger, I wonder, I often wonder if uh, part of what uh, killed him was uh, just not being able to come back from doing the Joker. Well, that's, I mean, I think that's a lot of it from what I've heard is that put him in a bad place. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, in order to go there, you have to have that inside of you. See, and I don't know if you do. I mean, to me, 
if you're a good actor, you're a good actor, right? Yeah. I mean, why do you have to be so? Well, but that's just it. Is it has to come from somewhere. Well, yeah, but there's isn't there a difference between acting and living the and part? Being that I mean, person? because if you're a good actor, mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the word, right? True. Yeah, you're just you should be able to right? act that out. Yeah, you. I mean, you should be able to. So um, I think sometimes they go too far. Yeah. You know, Christian Bale's another one of them mm-hmm. that. <clears throat> True. He's uh, gained a ton of weight for movies. I know oh, in he, the Machinist, he, yeah, the Machinist down like to 120 he pounds. Tried, yeah, he he dropped like over 100 pounds. Damn near killed him. Yeah, and then gained 100 pounds in order to do Batman Begins. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nuts. It did dang near kill him. But and <clears throat> I feel sorry for him because I'm not a big fan of most yeah. Christian Bale films. Mm-hmm. So he's. Yeah. Dolph Lundgren, another method actor, um, for being an action actor, he's almost killed a few people. <laughs> I guess in Rocky IV, he really hurt Sylvester Stallone and uh, Carl Weathers. Yeah, you mean yeah. Apollo Cruz? Apollo Cruz, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Apollo Creed. That's what I meant. Apollo Cruz. Rocky is a wrestler. Balboa. Apollo Cruz is a wrestler. I, I watch WWE that. too much. Mm-hmm. I thought you were just, you know, mixing Tom Cruise and Paul I always Cruise. thought Carl Weathers was, uh-huh. uh, when I was little, mm-hmm. was the same guy that w- uh, played um, the guy on Empire Strikes Back. Oh, uh, yeah. What's, what's I don't know name? the name of the actor, but uh, Joe, uh, uh, Lando Carusian. Yeah, Lando Carusian. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember his name. Um, and I, I know, know these. But yeah, he and uh, Carl Weathers, they do look very similar. Yeah. Lando. Now that's coming from a couple of white guys. So uh, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we we all look the same to people that aren't white too. Billy D. Williams. That's the guy. Billy D. Williams. Yeah, but I love all the Rocky films. I love the Star mm-hmm. Wars films. Uh, I mm-hmm. mean, what? I didn't know that you were a big Star Wars fan. Oh yeah, I've seen all the Star Wars films. In fact, I've seen all the um, all the new ones on uh, Disney. They're oh, new. Uh, they've yeah. got the Mandalorian, uh-huh. which is really good. Um, what else did I see? The Mandalorian, and they've got the one Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. and there's a new one that I haven't watched yet. Okay. So, Star Wars. You know, I I've never been like a big Star Wars like fan- I haven't been fanatical about it. I've seen all the Star Wars. Well, that's uh, how I am, and I, I, I wouldn't say I'm fanatical, mm-hmm. but I've seen them all, yeah. and I, you know, when they come out, I want to see them. I'm not mm-hmm. the person that goes and stands in line at the theater yeah. for four days to get in. I'll wait till they come out on yeah. HBO or whatever it is, you know. Exactly. But I don't like people that much. Where I'm going to go and sit in the theater with all you people again. Do you have the Disney mm-hmm. Channel? We do Disney Plus, yeah. So have you watched The Mandalorian? I haven't. Uh, just, you know, my wife is in love with Baby Yoda, as, as every girl in this country. Little green. So why hasn't love. she watched it? I don't know. She just really, she's not a big Star Wars fan. Well, how can she be in love with Baby Yoda? First of all. Because it's adorable. First of all, it really irritates <laughs> me they call it Baby Yoda. Yeah, because no, Yoda. It's not Yoda at all, right? It's not Yoda. No, it's a completely different yeah. character. I didn't know that until the series was about over they're supposed to be the same species right yeah they're the same species that's like calling me baby tyler or something Mm -hmm. you know but but anyways i would highly suggest you watch the mandalorian you Hmm. i don't know you're tall dark and handsome i'm short ground and like pasty white well i appreciate the 
the compliment. You look a lot like um, uh, uh, Clint Eastwood. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> 90, 92 year old man. He's <laughs> wrinkled no, all the hell. Not, not 92 year old Clint Eastwood. Like, uh, you know, dirty Harry Clint Eastwood. Oh, that that is very yeah. much a compliment. Or uh, the, out, the outlaw Jesse Wa- Josie Wales. Yeah, Eastwood, yeah. I, my wife hates that movie because he spits tobacco on the dog. Oh yeah, I think it's great. It's I mean, it is a funny little trope that they have in that movie. He spits tobacco on a lot of things in yeah, that film. Mm-hmm. And just just so you know, mm-hmm. I mean, by far my favorite actor. Yeah, overall, <laughs> I and as he should be, and he's not. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great actor. He's yeah. a better filmmaker than yeah. an actor, but, mm-hmm. but you know, he actually does a really good job. If you watch some of the movies that aren't a spaghetti western, aren't mm-hmm. a western, aren't yeah. a tough guy, dirty um, hairy film, you know, the Bridges of Madison County, yeah, <clears throat> um, Unforgiven. No. Yeah, I mean, Unforgiven's a western, but he's western, he's certainly yeah. not the tough guy in the Unforgiven. He's the yeah. old man, you know, that's mm-hmm. weathered down. He does an yeah. excellent job in that movie. But I can think of another a number of movies like Bronco Billy is one of my favorite yeah. movies, and I don't believe you've watched it yet. I've seen the preview several times. I need you to watch Bronco Billy. There's something the matter with my brain and my lungs. I mean, that I'm just not right. No, I get as it. a human. Well, and another movie I really liked him in, um, mm-hmm. you know, Bronco Billy was amazing. Yeah. But even even when you go back to like Play Misty for me, which yeah. was his first his direct, directorial directorial debut. movie, yeah, he he does a good job in it. He's a tough guy, but he's not tough. Mm-hmm. And the same with like Every Which Way But Loose. Yeah. And Every Which Way You Can. Mm-hmm. Um, Though um, he's tough, but he but it's comical, you know. Yeah. And and I, he has range. Mm-hmm. Specifically, if you want to look at mm-hmm. how he acted in the spaghetti westerns compared to the westerns that say John Wayne was in at the time. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the spaghetti westerns, mm-hmm. you know, were dark. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the difference. Well, one of the differences. <clears throat> John Wayne's a pussy. Well, he's John Wayne was. Um, Pussy. In, in, yeah, an invincible pussy. About oh, okay. That. So, like, he was the tough guy that never lost a fight, right? But uh, Clint Eastwood, he gets beat up a lot. Um, and that's one of the things that I really like about it is that he's vulnerable. It's He's not invincible. He's he's a, a just a guy. Well, yeah, he's mm-hmm. half dead the whole yeah. three quarters of the way and good, the bad, beat, and the ugly. He gets beat up a lot. Yeah. You know, and John Wayne, who did an amazing job playing Genghis Khan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm green in that because he looks just like him, you know. Yeah, him and Davy Crockett, man. I tell you, he's yeah. uh, he's got range. And both of them, he's just being John Wayne in both of them. You know? I know. I'm, I'm really surprised they didn't do a film mm-hmm. with John Wayne as Sacagawea. Yeah. I mean, yeah. because he would have done him an amazing job. <laughs> It's just like, okay, we're going to have, you know, if it's a Western movie at all, John Wayne is playing the lead. That's right. (laughs) Care if it's a woman, an American Indian. You know, uh, Kurt Russell has uh, always uh, been a big John Wayne fan and does a really good John Wayne impression. I think we need to do a movie about John Wayne playing... You know, it's some wide range of characters, kind of like the Saint type of movie, um, but have Kurt Russell play John Wayne, and he just 
he's Joan Wynn in every different role. And it I, just shows that he's not versatile whatsoever. <laughs> I, I remember John Wayne. I used to really like watching the Beverly Hillbillies when yeah. it was... I shouldn't yeah. say when it was on because I wasn't alive when it was yeah. on. But let me tell you a story about a man named. Yeah. Well, we've had debate over this before, going back to conspiracy theories. That yeah, you you do remember it, so you probably were alive watching. The well, I might have been, you know, and I don't know if that's so much as a conspiracy theory that I was alive mm-hmm. before, but I remember a lot of things. It, it's kind of my fascination mm-hmm. with the '60s, right? Yeah. Why we started this podcast to talk about the '60s and other topics because the music, the movies the events everything going on i have this strange remembrance of Mm -hmm. and it's i I guess really strange when you hear me talk about it but not so strange to myself because i i remember it and i yeah maybe and i've you and i have talked before about this several times and this is a really interesting phenomenon one that uh hopefully if any of our listeners out there have had similar uh experiences not just deja vu, but like remember living a past life. Uh, please write to us about what pod at gmail.com and let us know about it because this is really fascinating stuff for us. Yeah, it's interesting. Nobody believes me and my wife just laughs. So it is what it is. But I, I completely believe you. But what I was getting but at But I also is, believe people that say they've seen Bigfoot. So yeah, and I don't believe most of them. I know. But, you know, once they prove me wrong, I'll be the first one to admit I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But um, John Wayne was in an episode of the Beverly Hillbillies. And all I remember is his pants were still about a foot shorter than they needed to be, just like they were in every film (laughs) he was in. And he was the same. He is, you know, quintessential, complete opposite Mm -hmm. of Val Kilmer, whereas he's the exact same person in every role he plays. (laughs) It don't matter what it is. Yeah. He is the same person. Mm -hmm. But I think it's time we take our first commercial break. All right. We'll be let some of our uh, sponsors uh, pay for some of this, right? Yeah, exactly. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download this free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And welcome back. Hope that was a... Decent commercial. I'm sure it's one you put in there. I'm sure. I, I put the commercials in when I think of it. And I think they're both the same anyways. I know uh, we have some new vendors on the, you know, uh, yeah, horizon, horizon, but but we haven't uh, mm-hmm. stitched that deal up quite yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. M&M's. Yeah, M&M's for people who really like Mars and Murray. Or was it Skittles? Taste the rainbow. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So, our new... Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar. <laughs> That's not where I was going. But... Oh, our new segment. <laughs> our new segment. I can't even remember what we called it. Um, Let's see. Get, get to know get, your get co-host. Get to know your co-host. That's right. Good hell. We'll, we'll get this down maybe after two or three <laughs> tries. But yeah. this time... This Since... time we are recording on the first take. <laughs> yeah, so. that's that's a plus. Yeah. I think we are. Let me look. Yeah, we're recording. Oh, good. 
just making sure, mm-hmm. or this is all for naught, you know. But yeah. last week you asked me the question, and I we, answered, and we caught the second take on it. <laughs> yeah, which was a little bit different. I'm sure somewhere that first take, you know, that might be mm-hmm. at our end of season bloopers if we ever find it in the tape yeah. reel. And I don't know why I'm saying tape reel because there's no such yeah. thing as tape reel anymore. Oh no, this is all digital. Yeah, digital. Yeah. I mean, there could be a tape reel in this room somewhere because it has that kind of technology. Oh, yeah. I've I've definitely got a tape reel in here somewhere. But anyways, I've got a question for you this week. It's kind of a double-headed question. Uh Um, So, and I want a serious answer from you, all right? Okay. Double-headed question, like my uh, twin brother. Okay. Explain that one. You have a twin uh, brother? No, but if he if I did, I'm sure he'd have two heads. Do you have you seen that lady that grew her twin sister on her neck? Yeah, but I don't think she should do that. She had a lump and it kept growing and it, it kept, kept growing. growing. This yeah. is like because she was older and they finally take it off yeah. and it's got like a jawbone like in it. Stuff and shit. Yeah, it's weird. Apparently that, it's fairly common. It is. And that that is the weird thing. Like we have it's kind of like conjoined twins, but like later on in life or like the stages of it's really bizarre yeah it's strange it's like mm-hmm. I, it's like it just eventually decides yeah. to start eating off of you and mm-hmm. growing yeah i mean my wife's a twin she had a separate placenta from her twin sister well that's a plus right so, yeah but that makes them fraternal they grew up in or they they grew in the womb in separate sacks that that makes them fraternal so what if they're in the same? Then they're identical. Are they always identical, even if they're in the same? But as far as I know, because that's what makes them. See, uh, identical is when you have one egg and one sperm that split into two beings, right? But um, fraternal is when you have uh, two eggs, two sperm get uh, fertilized. So a girl and a boy twin cannot... Uh, they can't be identical hmm. because of the difference in... Unless they're both hermaphrodites. In, in the sex, yeah. Okay. Well, let me get to my question okay. this week, Tyler. So, header. Okay, here... <laughs> well, it's kind of all in the same. Okay. If I'm going to ask you one side of the question, I want to ask you the other. So, here's my question. Okay. What would you, Tyler, say is your biggest weakness? Oh, jeez. And on top of that... What would you say is your greatest strength as a human? You know, I mean, anything. See, this is why when this goes unprepared. I ask you how you meet your wife. You ask me, okay, we're going to interview Tyler. Yeah, exactly. Well, don't you think it would have been silly for me to ask you how you met your wife this week? I mean, that would have seemed like, hey. Not as silly as asking me, okay, so when when are you and your wife going to have kids, Tyler? (laughs) We keep trying. (laughs) as long as you're practicing yep that's all that matters i'll tell you if if my wife and i ever have children um it will definitely be an immaculate conception even more of a miracle than jesus i'll tell you that well i don't consider jesus to be a miracle but that's a whole other story i know you know but like this is like okay not only uh well jesus born of a virgin uh yeah (laughs) now you're offending now i'm offending a lot of people okay you're actually more offending me than anyone maybe that's my weakness um is yeah actually um i'll bet you if i had to assess my my weakness um i think i'm not as what 
I think I'm not as bold as as I should be when it comes to like confronting people or or disagreeing, dealing with problems. Not necessarily dealing with problems, just kind of like just disagreeing in general. I mean, in some ways, that's proved to be a strength for me in different lines of work that I've been in, like customer service. It, it really helps to be able to, uh, you know, have a a rapport with. with a but I wouldn't customer. say customer service is always necessarily a reflection of your personality. It's true. you doing the job well, right? Yeah. So I think I could be more, and maybe this is just fresh on my mind because this last weekend I had a conversation with somebody who I just ardently disagreed with, but I felt since I was, um, since this was a guest, I felt the need to really (laughs) play nice and just like, okay, you go ahead and have your opinion and I won't tell you how stupid and wrong you are well if i could cut in cut in there because i've worked with you for years Uh and you know i would say you kind of hit that on the head because if that's your weakness it also can be your strength Mm -hmm. to manage situations you know sure um you've never been confrontational in a uh you weren't the first person to defend yourself true and i think that's a that is your weakness because this is from the outsider's point of view is because there was many times you needed to defend yourself. And Mm -hmm. I don't consider you to be like a shy guy. And I don't consider you to be scared to defend yourself. You just are kind about things. I guess I'm, I'm more willing to take the hit than I am to dish out a hit to somebody else. Yeah. And there's a lot of times I wanted you to dish the hit, you know? Yeah. So sometimes I I had to dish disappointed you. Well, not not really disappointed, just, you know, I felt like you need to defend yourself, right? But at the same time, it may sound like I'm saying that's a weakness, but I can also say that's, in a way, a great strength too, right? Well, I'll tell you, it, it takes a lot of fortitude to be able to absorb a hit without fighting back. I mean, you, you're certainly not an A-type personality. No. There's, there's no I'm a beta cuck. I don't know if I'd go with the cuck part. But, okay. <laughs> but you're definitely a beta-type personality. But you have a lot of... You'll help people you don't even care for. That's true. And that is great. That is a great strength weakness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. That That's the, the first part. Part of it. Um, so, what's your greatest strength? So I mean, I, I kind of know what it is as far as working with you, but what we, just as a person, what is your greatest strength? I'm going to be really curious to see what your opinion is or what your answer to this is going to be. Because uh, I would consider my greatest strength to be the fact that uh, I am easy to get along with. I'm, uh, let's see, that I can put people at ease and make them comfortable in their own skin and make them feel like they're safe to share whatever they want. Yeah. I, I would probably agree and disagree with that because, Mm -hmm. you know, I, we've known each other personally for a long time. Mm -hmm. We worked together for a long time. Yeah. And I think that is a strength, but just like your greatest weakness is a strength, your greatest strength is a weakness sometimes too. So I guess it's a good mix of both, but yeah. So what do, what do you consider my strength to be? Um, I think your strength is people. 
I think your strength is dealing with people, talking to people, even people you dislike. I mean, because, you know, there's plenty of people I know you dislike. It's not like yeah. you're an anomaly and you like everyone. Mm -hmm. But you have a good way of, just like you just got done saying, I 100% agree with you. You make them feel at yeah. home. You make them feel welcome. You even make them feel like they're smarter than you when they may not be. You make them feel more important than you when they're not, Yeah, you know? And so that is definitely your greatest strength. I mean, as far as the business we worked in, your customer service was amazing. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when it didn't need to be. Yeah, that's true too. So to me, your greatest weakness brings out your greatest strength and your greatest <laughs> strength brings out your greatest weakness. But I think, Regardless, and that's not meant as a knock at all because that's a complete compliment mm -hmm. to you. It but, really is. I, yeah. I have sat before mm -hmm. and wished yeah. I could have the same type of personality as you. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Because I, I don't consider myself enviable. <laughs> no, you, you certainly are. You have been to me because it just, there's certain times when things happen, I'm very confrontational in a lot of things in a lot of ways and, and i wish i could be more like you well maybe that's why we hang out right maybe so and that's why we record so i actually it, it's funny you answered that the way you did because that's the way i see it oh really so that's interesting yeah i'm i'm glad to see that because that means that there's hope for me that if i can start to see the way the world the way that you do maybe i can be more like you when i grow up yeah, I, we might want to meet in the middle somewhere because I, I certainly have <laughs> the faults that I punch myself in the head for right after. You know, you know when you say things and then you punch your head and yourself in the yeah. head about them later. Yeah, and you know you're just a good person. <laughs> I and, don't know about that. I punch myself in the head a lot over things that I either say or don't say to my wife. Hi, hi wife. By the way. <laughs> Tell her how much you love her. I love you with all my heart. And he only said, he didn't say that because I told him to. No, uh, this is just, you know, we, we know that this is my time for catching up with my wife is uh, on this podcast. <laughs> is what it is, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like we've talked about many a time. Mm -hmm. And we do know that uh, not too long from now, we're going to get to the doors. That's true. Jim Morrison is coming down the pipeline here. In fact, not to jump too far ahead... But our subject tonight, um, funny enough, is kind of has to do with, you know, at least has mm -hmm. some relationship to the doors. Yeah. In fact, we're going to talk about Brian Jones mm -hmm. of the Rolling Stones, another yeah. famous member of the 27 Club. Mm -hmm. uh, funny enough, died two years to the day that Jim Morrison did. Two oh, years really? before, before Jim Morrison did. Wow. Yeah, July 3rd of 1969. So that would make him two years older than Jim Morrison. Mm -hmm. Jim Morrison died on July 3rd, 1971. Yeah. So they say. Uh-huh. You know, so. But, yeah, when we get to that, so. But I, I'm excited about doing the Doors episode, which will probably be a couple-parter, you know, just to. Yeah. I would like to go through the Doors as a band. Mm -hmm. Maybe on one episode, then go through Jim Morrison and his death on another. Yeah. I think that would be a, you know a good way to handle it but mm -hmm. you know we we do such horrible justice to all the subjects we talk about because yeah. we know enough to let people know that we kind of know what's going on but we don't yeah. dive too deep and exactly. we make asses out of ourselves and yeah. it's amazing 
as I look back at some of the things we've said, I'm thinking, you know, I know days to confused a lot better than that. How, how did I forget that guy's name? How did I, it's yeah. like we're on a stage talking to hundreds of thousands of people yeah. and I get stage fright or something. Yeah. It's these things where you, I mean, I, we go through this all the time, every episode, for some reason, I forget words and yet I'm, I'm the person that always has the word for it. I, I never forget words. And yet here, here we are. And I just stutter all over myself and can't think of anything. Maybe we ought to come up with a word that we just insert mm-hmm. when we can't think of another word. Yeah. Like utter, utter, you know, and not mm-hmm. utter, utter, utter. As, in a, as in a cow's. Yeah. Utter. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, like, what's his name? Oh, yeah. Utter. Utter. Mm-hmm. Utter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I don't know. But yeah. So what do you what have you been doing this week? What do you think of the new changing weather here? This has been a cold ass week. It's bullshit. And I know it's been a cold ass week because this week I have been out in my front yard building a stable for our baby Jesus. My wife has purchased, uh, finally, this is a project that we have been uh, looking forward to for years and years. She's wanted to get a big nativity scene. Did you ever think about doing it in the summertime? Um, I mean, building it. As Yeah, as a matter of fact, I thought, I've thought about that before, too. Yeah. In fact, I was going to, like, work on it, get some sheets of plywood and cut it out and, you know, paint it and everything. But she found this... Um, from the 50s, you're going to love it when you drive by the house this winter, because uh, this thing was a plywood company, um, as a promotion, sold these kits that were uh, like basically stickers that were laminated onto this plywood that the company sold. And they were, they just gave all these big nativity things out as a uh, as a promotion thing to promote their plywood product and so it's really good quality stuff but also the artwork on it is i mean it's it's gorgeous it's like something that you'd find in a cathedral somewhere so it was a nativity scene originally yeah so Mm -hmm. what are you building onto it so uh, i have to build a a a stable to house it oh okay i'm with you because i mean you've got the you know uh mary joseph and the baby jesus and then you've got of course shepherds with their flock and then the wise men and there's a camel and then there's a cow and a donkey. Uh, so there's all these pieces, but you have to like have a stable to house it in, right. To keep it protected from the elements. So I've been building this thing. That's uh, 14 feet wide, four feet deep and six feet tall. Wow. Yeah. So every day after work, that's what I've been doing is out in my front yard, um, putting the roof on this dang thing. And it's cold. It's freaking cold. It was like uh, 16 degrees out there today. So where are you going to keep this during the um, off season when Jesus is asleep? I'm trying really hard to build this properly so that I can take it down in a few, like basically three pieces. Uh, the left side of the roof, the right side of the roof, and then the back wall. So I can store all of it pretty much in my backyard up against the house. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so I think it's going to work out. I've never been a nativity scene type of guy. I know. Uh, well, I'm really not a Jesus type of guy, no. so but uh, it is what it is. You're a Christmas type of guy. Yeah, I'm a. But, yeah, you're not a religious person. No, not religious yeah. at all. 
Um, and I'm not really, I wouldn't say I'm anti-religious either. I'm, I'm, I'm for everything that leaves Mm -hmm. me alone and I leave you alone. Right. Yeah. I mean, I wish more people were like that. Yeah. I I get bothered by people that get, that start harping too heavily on one side or another of the whole Christmas thing of either it's a, a religious holiday or it's a secular pagan holiday. Um, because I consider it's the best of both worlds. Well, and there is a third answer to that as yeah. well. There is that it's a family holiday. Ex- and that's a, that's exactly and, what I think. And it you, it's a family holiday that you can put into the meaning of whatever you think is right. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I'm not a Thanksgiving person, right? Yeah. But that doesn't bother people as much as it bothers if you're not into Christmas because you're not Christian, right? Yeah, exactly. Or, or whatever. But I, I don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. And Christmas isn't only based off of... Yeah. And you eat turkey all year long. You don't just eat it in uh, the fourth Thursday of uh, of November. Exactly. Yeah. We're trying to convince, I think I told you, we're going to do the American Indian Oh, really? uh, Thanksgiving this year and have Navajo tacos. Oh, really? Yeah. I like that. But we're having a hard time. Going to do cod or something. Ooh, well, we should. But my my father, my dad, he's having a hard time because he wants turkey. Yeah, he, he's a traditionalist, you know, mm-hmm. not not religiously or anything like that. Oh, but he just, wants his yeah. he wants his goddamn turkey and mashed potatoes. Well, doesn't everybody have? I, I'm sure every family has like their traditional Thanksgiving fare of. You know, some sort of a casserole that Aunt Bertha always makes that everybody loves. Or, you know, maybe your sister makes this really good uh, jello cranberry whatever that, you know, just is awesome. You know, every, every family has something like that. Yeah, well, and some people, their tradition is they don't have a tradition. They just get together and eat some food and yeah. call it good. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, Thanksgiving isn't much different than Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. Um, you know, very similar a in yeah. a lot of ways, and in fact, probably less popular than Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> yeah, very um, true. but it, it's really similar. You're talking food and yeah. football and family, right? Yeah, and um, triple F. Yeah, and usually, um, you have football games going on Thanksgiving Day, so you're watching the same thing. It's just one of them's a uh, you know, before the super bowl and the other one this is the super bowl yeah i i don't know i'm i'm not a huge thanksgiving fan as we've talked about before mm-hmm. i yeah in fact we're not even sure exactly how we want to do navajo tacos this year but if we don't and i sit home and eat a couple lynn wilson burritos mm-hmm. i'm just as happy as everybody i don't feel like i've missed out on anything yeah you know it, it's just not that for me now christmas on the other hand is a little different mm-hmm. um I don't celebrate it for the religious aspect. I don't celebrate it for the pagan aspect of it. You know, I celebrate it because from the beginning of my time, that's the time my family was going to get together. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be kind of, of course, when you're young, you're into the gifts and stuff. When you're older, it's more fun to give the gifts in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so, and now what we've, our whole family's done the last few years is we, instead of doing gifts, cause it got to the point where we're all giving each other gift cards, we're exchanging gift cards yeah. and things like that. So now the past, I think four or five years, we find a family to donate to and we generally buy new coats. For the family, bikes for the kids, nice. and things like that, and we go all in and usually do two families or something mm-hmm. like that and give them a Christmas. That's great. And 
and the funny thing is, and it's, it's not like patting ourselves on the back or anything, mm-hmm. but that makes me feel like it did when I was a kid getting yeah. something, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that fulfills me. Yeah. It's fulfilling as a perfect. Yeah. And and then on top of that, we're getting together as a family and bullshit Mm -hmm. and making fun of each other and doing whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. even the family, you don't necessarily like as much. You put up with it, you deal with it. You see them once a year. Okay, good Mm -hmm. over. And it's a fun time, you know, no work, no this and that. And Mm -hmm. it, to me, it's just a family holiday. Yeah. You know, well, well said. Um, so true to tradition. I have ruined Christmas yet again. What did you do this year? All right. So my wife loves to surprise me. And I don't know why she insists on this because I I have a knack, an uncanny knack for ruining whatever surprise she has lined up. You know, I know Mrs. Tyler is listening to this. Do you think for one minute maybe she just has poor planning? I, I, I could never blame my wife. Well, I, I, I say that I'm asking that as a question, but I don't think she does because I've seen her planning and I've, I've seen what she's done. Oh, she, she put a lot of planning into this one. I remember when she took you to the concert. Yeah. The only concert I've ever been to trans Siberian orchestra. Yeah. She called me. We arranged it all to have the six months in the planning. Yeah. The day off or you were leaving early or something. I can't remember. Yeah. And somehow you screwed it up. Yeah, and I'll tell you about that one. Okay, so uh, pull up your chairs. So I was watching um, Trans-Siberian Orchestra performances on YouTube with my wife, and I realized while I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, you know, I think I don't think I would enjoy the live performance nearly as much as I just enjoy listening to their CDs to listening to their music. And of course, at this point, she's already bought She's tickets. already bought the ticket. She's, she's got it planned. This whole thing. And yeah, I... Wouldn't it have been easier just to reach over and punch her in the nose? I mean, because... Yeah. That's basically it, what it you did. It would have been less painful. But that's what I'm saying. Once again, I've done it again this year. Okay. What did you do? So my wife had everything planned out last week where she was going to take the day off of work. And she had two days off in a row. And she planned on cleaning up the whole house, putting away all of the uh, fall decorations and getting the the Christmas tree put up and decorated and putting up all the Christmas decorations. And she was going to work hard all day while I was at work doing this. And then I called in sick. (laughs) (laughs) Because, I mean, I had, I, I, I was, uh, I was coughing and, you know, I'm sure everybody's heard uh, through in, in the course of this podcast, some of the lingering effects, having crappy lungs in a cold winter. It's not my friend. So, <laughs> you know, she didn't know I was going to take the day off. And so I, I stayed home and I said, well, I'll help you. And she's like, you're homesick. What, you know, and it just really took the thunder out of her sails. So first of all, yeah, you're horrible. I know. Uh, second of all, if you would have not ruined that again mm-hmm. and went to work, is that was she doing that so you didn't have to do all that and to yeah. surprise you? And she was so excited to give me this surprise, this Christmas gift of being able to just come home from work and bask in our Christmas decorated house. And is that something you enjoy as much as she does? Oh, I certainly enjoy it. 
Although I, I really enjoy my wife more than anything else in the whole wide world. So sounds like a suck up. I am a suck up. Yeah. But at the same time, it's, it's really the truth. My, my wife. No, I know it. If somebody asked me, what's my greatest quality? My greatest quality is my wife. Well, I already did ask you that. You said, what's my greatest strength? And so, yeah. Well, that's still your wife. It's still my wife. Yeah. I, I answered poorly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so your, your biggest weakness is answering poorly. Yeah. That's my biggest weakness. And my biggest strength has always been my wife. And I, she deserves better. I think everybody that listens to this podcast knows uh, she might be finding that out um, on this episode. So, you know, you deserve better, honey. Everybody knows it. Well, I, I think she's well aware that she's yeah. pretty lucky. I mean, as much pretty shit. lucky? No, no. She can do much better. Well, everyone can do better, right? She can do so much better than she got. Yeah, I, I'd have to disagree with you there. And I think Her she just disagree- sucks. He- he ruins well, everything. No, I agree with that part. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there's no, there's no doubt about that. But I think she would have had a hard time doing better uh, because what she's got with you is somebody that is completely devoted to her, and really, that's what anybody wants, right? That's absolutely true. And, and you know, it doesn't matter if we even if you screw it, Christmas up every single every year, single year, and I'm going to for the rest of our lives. It's not intentional. It's just my tragic flaw that I am tragically flawed. I guess she's going to have to start fake planning. I guess. because Put something honestly, in the works that's yeah. a complete fake plan for you to blow out of the water. Yeah. And then surprise you. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, but you'll you'll see through I'll it. Still, I'll still screw it up. Yeah. yeah. You'll because be that's like, what I do. This you, is, you'll yeah. just make some stupid comment uh-huh. about how... You know, this is stupid. You know, I don't like this Uh and that. And she'll just start bawling and you'll wonder why. And the dumb thing is, Justin, is I had so much fun at that concert. I loved it. Oh, I know you did. You told me about it. And yet I like forever. I'm going to carry that around my neck like a dang millstone. uh, Just waiting for me to throw myself into the the water. Well, the the bottom line is it was still a surprise. Yeah. You still went. Yeah. You still went with your beautiful wife. Yeah. And had a wonderful time. And you still had a wonderful time. So even though you kind of blew the surprise a little early, I think that was probably already known considering your track record (laughs) that somehow (laughs) you were, you were going to do something, you know, well, that's, and maybe some of that comes from, uh, you know, years of being married to each other that you get to know each other well enough that you can finish each other's sentences. Yeah. uh, Sort of thing where, we start to think alike and start to know how the other person thinks. So, I mean, my problem is, is, you know, it's, it would, it just really crushed my wife when she's like, you know, she, she threw her hands in the air and says, why do I even bother trying to do a surprise? (laughs) And I had no idea what she was talking about. I I did. I had no idea what she was talking about. And then she's like, I was going to get the whole house cleaned up and decorated and said, I can help. No, you're sick. Sit there. I'm like, yeah. And it just it, it took the thunder out of out of what she was trying to do. It just the wind had completely left her sails. She's like, you're sick, son of a bitch. And those yeah. two things have a period in between them. You're right. sick, yeah. Period. And you're a son of a bitch. Yeah, that's period. True. She's met my mom, so yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We know how it is. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. you're your mom's child. That's right. I all am the a way sick along. Son of a. Bitch. I bet your mom ruined Christmas every year. 
probably. I don't doubt it. With with effort, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I'm sure she did. Yeah. From what I understand, my mom's starting to lose her mind. So you know, I I think we're we're safe talking. So you may you may be able to get along with her again soon. You know, I look forward to that because I tell you, for the first thirty years of my life, I really gave it a good effort. Well, that's all you can expect. Yeah, I think it's time to go Second to another break. commercial break. Yep, here we go. Talk to you in a minute. Hey, listener, this is Ty from About What Podcast. If you've been listening to us, you know that Justin is a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you yourself are a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you've just purchased yourself a brand new Trans Am that you want to get all fixed up. Or maybe you've got yourself an old Chevelle. uh, Maybe an old Chevy pickup that needs to restoration. Whatever it is that you've got, why don't you head over to joltparts.com. That's Justin's website. See what uh, parts he's got for your restoration, modification, customization. He's into all kinds of stuff. And if you are a listener to this podcast, and I'm assuming you are if you're hearing this, um, you get an offer of 10% off any purchase of $100 or more at checkout. Just use the promo code about what. That's all uh, lowercase letters about what. And Justin will give you 10% off your first order of uh, parts from joltparts.com. So turn your clunker into a classic and uh, fix up your brand new Trans Am, um, GM, uh, Pontiac, Mopar, Chrysler, uh, whatever it is you got. Go take a look. And we're back. Welcome back, brothers and sisters, or listener. About what pod? My wife. Yeah. We yeah. are about what pod. About what pod at gmail.com. About what pod on Instagram and others and yeah, this and that and that and this. And mm-hmm. So do you think we probably ought to get to our topic that we're going to slaughter tonight? Yep. We are ready to slaughter um, the 27 Club again. Yes, we yeah. are. We've uh, we've done Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and I think this is our our third installment. Be our third. Um, yeah. We could go on and on about members of the Twenty Seven Club. Mm-hmm. I I think the famous ones that we've talked about. Obviously, we're doing Brian Jones tonight from mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Uh, I I would say Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, Kurt Cobain. Those are probably the top. Mm-hmm. Four well-known 27 Club members. Yeah. Uh, 27 Club, uh, for anybody that's not familiar with the term, these are people who lived fast and died young. They had uh, a stellar rise to fame and fortune, and uh, they died at the age of 27. That's why we call it the... uh, That's why it's called the 27 Club. And most of them are musicians. Mm Mm-hmm. But there are a few uh, actors yeah, and things they, that find yeah. their way into it. Um, There's a little conspiracy behind it that uh, these are people who made a bargain with the devil. And uh, so in exchange for talent that would uh, get them fame and fortune, they had to sign their soul over to the devil and agree to uh, die young. Well, and this started with <laughs> Robert Johnson, the yeah. great blues guitarist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which we probably ought to do one on him one day. He's got an interesting story. But it, mm-hmm. yeah, in fact, I've seen, you know, a couple documentaries on him and mm-hmm. it, it's fairly outlandish. In fact, yeah. I'm really surprised Oliver Stone isn't the one that filmed it. Yeah, we need to do a, an Oliver Stone style um, episode about uh, <laughs> yeah. Robert Johnson and meeting the devil yeah. at the crossroads in Louisiana. Well, you know, and going back to the Doors movie when I said Oliver Stone or even JFK, how mm-hmm. Oliver Stone outdid it, it, you know, for example, Jim Morrison, by all known accounts, all the people that knew him, you know, yes, he had his crazy side and his sure. drunk side and all that, but he was a regular person, mm-hmm. right? And he had a tender side and he was a great musician and all that and none of that is in the movie i mean it's him running wild (laughs) you know he's not alcohol drugs and women Uh and then music and death yeah you you know and i mean that's that's all it is that you don't you're right you don't see the humanistic side is that a word humanistic yeah that is a word oh okay well i I was hoping i made it yeah well but you know you you don't see that and that's how oliver stone films his movies um you know, JFK was the same way. It's all yeah. built on a conspiracy, you oh, know, yeah. no counter side to that, you know, all built on the magic bullet. Enter Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and Kevin Bacon mm-hmm. is in that movie right. as well. Uh, another one of my favorite actors, by the way, mm-hmm. decide to throw that out there. But really? getting, getting to Brian Jones, um, he was born in 1942 in England. He is a found the founding member mm-hmm. of the great rock and roll blues group. The Rolling Stones. And I'm sure most of you know the Rolling Stones and who they are, or at least know a few of their songs. Oh, yeah. Mick Jagger. Well, in fact, I, I bet more people know more Rolling Stone songs than they actually think they do. Yeah. If they were to hear them. But yes, he was the founding member. Um, quickly brought in Mick Jagger and yeah. Keith Richards. Yeah. And he played uh, lead guitar for the group. Yeah, well, you know, Keith Richards, you know, that's one thing that was kind of interesting about um, Brian Jones is he he loved the blues. Yeah. He was a, a good musician. I mean, he, he played all kinds of instruments. Mm-hmm. Even on the Stones records, he played all kinds of instruments. Yeah. Um, you know, from the sitar, which was a thing they kind of took from the Beatles because George Harrison got big into the sitar. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he was really, really popular for being one of the first guys, especially on the English music scene, to play the slide guitar, which was oh. which was a big thing in blues yeah. music, you know, mm-hmm. it was the slide guitar. Yeah, All the black sure. artists in the States that were playing, you know, the blues played the slide, and that just mm-hmm. wasn't a... You know, it wasn't a real common thing over yeah. there, but they really integrated that into the Rolling Stones music and made them a rock and roll, R&B, bluesy sound, which made them, even though they were direct competitors with the Beatles mm-hmm. at the time, completely different music. Yeah. You know, completely different music. And, you know, you always get this, you know, I'm a huge Beatles lover and I do like the Stones as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely not as much as I do the Beatles, but I like the Stones. Yeah. And I have all their albums through mm-hmm. the 60s up until the late 70s. Yeah. Don't care much for their 80s and newer stuff. But, you know, the people always bring in, who do you like better? And, you know, who did this better? I, I don't look at it that way. I look at them on a completely different plane. Mm-hmm. They're just different. You yeah. know what I mean? And and that's what's great about music is 
it's it's not direct competition like sports and things like mm-hmm. that. They can exist together. Yeah. And you can like and love these things equally, right? Yeah. That's kind of the, the nice thing about the world in which we live is everybody's uh, free to like what they want to like. Well, and it's yeah. opinion-based, right? It really is. I mean, the best about the only thing it can come down to if you really want to say who's better mm-hmm. is yeah. look at album sales. Yeah. And the Beatles absolutely crushed the Rolling Stones in album sales. Sure. Yeah. But, you know, there's artists nowadays that are crushing them too, but it's not comparative because we're talking a population on the earth that's three times what it was then, right? Yeah, but I <clears throat> is there a group that's uh, longer running, still performing than the Rolling Stones? I'm sure there is, but not in rock and roll mainstream that I'm aware mm-hmm. of. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've they've been making albums and touring since I think about 62. Mm-hmm. I mean, might even be longer. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure on that, but it's been about 60 years. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, Paul McCartney is one. I mean, that yeah. he started touring about the same time with the Beatles. Mm-hmm. He toured with the Beatles for about 10 years. Well, yeah, not but, toured, but he was with the Beatles. But the Beatles did break up. They did break up, <clears> and he did Wings, and then he's been by himself since the late 70s. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as a musical act, and he's playing the same music he's played over that time, I, I guess you could be comparative because the Stones have changed lineups a little bit here and there. So there's changes there, too. So. Yeah. That's another artist that's playing well well into his 80s. Um, I would say up until just a couple weeks ago when the great Jerry Lee Lewis died, mm-hmm. he could probably be one that you could consider right up there because he was touring from the mid-50s. True. And he was still touring up until the day yeah. he died. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he's got the Stones beat by a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know who else is out there, but I'm sure there's a couple. But no, yeah. nobody with the amount of clout and notoriety as the Stones. And the fact mm-hmm. that they're still packing arenas and stadiums yeah. like they are. I mean, they're just a huge machine. And, mm-hmm. you know, Mick Jagger's a machine himself. He yeah. works out every day. He gets up on the stage and he is back and forth mm-hmm. shaking his hips and limbs. And, yeah, and always has been. Yeah, always has mm-hmm. been, so... But get getting to Brian Jones, like we said, he's the founding member of the Rolling Stones and very, very pivotable, pivotable, pivotable. Yeah, that's a new word. Very <laughs> pivotal yeah. in their early success. You know, he didn't write the music. Um, the Stones did a lot of cover music, which was really common for the bands at the time. Yeah. Um, in fact, when Lennon and McCartney started writing a lot of the, the tunes for the Beatles, that's when... Uh, Keith Richards and Mick Jagger started writing music because oh. um, they wanted to kind of get out of that doing the covers and things and start yeah. writing their own music like the Beatles and then it become kind of a competition friendly competition because they were friends mm-hmm. you know the yeah. Beatles and the Stones but mm-hmm. Brian Jones he didn't really write any music but he was very pivotal why can't I say that word um, pivotal you said it pivotal it just sounds weird. It sounds weird, but it's proper. Well, I know it's proper, but do you ever have that word to use all the time and you say it and it sounds weird? Yeah. Yeah. Unicorn. Lots of words. Nacho. Nacho cheese. I'm not so sure that we're doing this episode any justice. Cheese. <laughs> but anyways, yes, he was very pivotal. Pivot pivotal. 
Yeah. Good God. Can you can you give me a new word? Uh, very dynamic. Well, he was no. very dynamic. Um, very course changing. Well, either way, yeah. founding member of the he was okay. the found he founded the Rolling <clears throat> yeah. Stones. He brought Mick Jagger, I, yeah. Keith Richards into the group, mm-hmm. um, and very pivotal <laughs> in making their early music successful. Yeah, central, very central very to making central. music successful. Yeah. Even though he didn't write it, he played multiple instruments. I mean, from obviously the guitar, the slide guitar, the mm-hmm. sitar, the recorder. Mm-hmm. Um, harpsichord everything you know any little weird instrument you can hear on those early stones albums he was playing and you know him he and um keith richards had kind of a style that was new to rock and roll music is you always had a rhythm guitarist and a lead guitarist and they played kind of an intertwined guitar sound where they traded on and off playing rhythm and lead interesting and it was very different yeah, because before then it was pretty set in stone that you had a rhythm guitarist and a lead guitarist, and yeah. that was your role, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that was different how they did that, and it was really interesting. And if you follow music a lot, you can hear that, especially in their early sound of how they're kind of dueling guitars in a way. Yeah. You know, they'd they'd play the leads and uh, play the rhythm at the same time and mix back and forth, and it just gives kind of a wall of sound. Yeah. So it was interesting, but you know, the stones hit success pretty big time, especially when they come out with satisfaction, you know, mm-hmm. can't get no satisfaction. Yeah. Everybody knows that song. Yes. And you know, a lot of great songs like she's a rainbow, paint it black, um, mm-hmm. under my thumb, Ruby Tuesday, mm-hmm. just catapulted the stones to superstardom. Right. Yeah. But as they hit superstardom, you know, Brian started to have a lot of drug problems. Oh. Um, as one does. As one does when they're having fun in the London music scene, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, we're not going to go into all the details of this, but the drug problems eventually led to, you know, problems within the group as they do. You know, I think all of them would, you know, dabble in the drugs and party scene, but I think Mm -hmm. they were very serious on making it, Yeah, you know, and Brian, after a few years, just started to fade away at, you know, about 67, he was still in the recording studio, but the amount of effort he put in and the amount the band allowed him to put in Mm -hmm. was just, you know, dwindling because he was so into drugs yeah. and everything like that. And it really took a hit when they wanted to do their big U.S. tour because he had been arrested two separate times. And on the second oh. time, it really messed up his U.S. visa. Yeah. And I'm not talking like visa, MasterCard, you know, no, let's like let's just say ability to Yeah, his ability to travel internationally. And really, basically what happened is the group pulled him together and said, mm-hmm. look, you're not contributing in the studio yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. You can't go touring with us outside the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's time to get to your ass out of the band that you formed. Yeah. And it, you know, and all the things I've read about it is they, they wanted him to announce that he was leaving, not that he was being fired. Oh, basically to allow him to save face. Yeah. Allow him to save face on the group he had mm-hmm. created, but, 
all in all, they were kicking him out of the group he created. Yeah. Um, you know, and the Stones did nothing but keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, amazing group. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> that's one thing that I'm really impressed with is this uh, the fact that you have this group that Brian Jones put to, pulled together and created it, and then they became something more. And uh, they didn't actually need him uh, to do it. So that tells me that there's a lot more to the Rolling Stones than just Brian Jones. Well, I think, you know, Brian Jones, amazing blues guitarist, and had a good vision, but the one thing he didn't have, you know, when you look at the Beatles, you know, I know I keep comparing, but they're mm-hmm. kind of the dueling group at the time in the same area. Yeah. You had John and Paul writing all the music with George writing, George Harrison writing some of the music as well, right? Yeah. And Ringo just having a good time banging the drum. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Old Richard Starkey. Yeah. But... You know, that's the thing is Brian Jones, although he put the stones together, he wasn't a creative force behind them. Even from day one, he wasn't. He'd play the guitar and he did an amazing job playing the guitar. But there's a lot of good guitarists out there. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, once they replaced him, it was just further downhill for him, you Mm -hmm. know, into drugs, into depression, into everything. And it, it really is a short story because... Brian Jones, as popular as he was, he wasn't very popular, if that makes sense, because he wasn't a a huge contributor to the band as far as creative. You know, they could have brought in an Eric Clapton or a Jimmy Mm -hmm. Page or a great guitarist that was in England at those times and been able to fill his role Mm -hmm. very easily, which is what they did, you know. Yeah. Um, I I think the the shock and the awe from him leaving the group and ultimately his untimely death is mm-hmm. the fact that he was the force behind putting the band together. You know, but not not the force behind keeping the band together and keeping the band successful. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that that was the drive of you know Mick Jagger, Keith yeah. Richards obviously. Mm-hmm. That who knows if Keith Richards will ever die. I'm pretty sure he's going to have anybody that's still on this earth right now. Yeah, I don't doubt it. I mean, he wants to snort as many ashes as he can. Yeah. The guy is like, what, 90% cocaine at this point? That's what they say. I, I think I told you on one of our last episodes that I don't know if I believe that to be true. I think it's just more that how rough he looks. <laughs> if you look at old videos of Keith Richards from the 60s, he looks... <laughs> Still pretty goddamn rough. Yeah. <laughs> a younger rough, but still pretty rough. He's not yeah. a good-looking man. Let's he, put it that way. He descended from coal miners, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, he mm-hmm. just... He, excellent guitarist. Mm-hmm. Has written a lot of the great Stones hits or co-written the hits, yeah. you know, and is a huge driving force behind the band, but still is a very ugly man. Yeah. And sometimes ugly men get uglier with age. Yeah. Sometimes it does him justice. It has not done him justice. You know, that's something about the uh, the Rolling Stones is they're not all that easy on the eyes. They're they're not attractive people, and yet they have like such charisma that it draws a crowd. Yeah, I'd say Bill Wyman was probably the best looking one, and probably the one no one's heard of. Yeah, um, I know I haven't heard of him. Charlie Watts, their drummer. I've heard um, of him. He yeah. he died just recently. Yeah, 
this past summer. And he was kind of a normal looking guy. But when you hear, if somebody says, what do you think about Bill Wyman and Charlie Watts? Most people would say, yeah. who? Exactly. But everybody knows who Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are. Yeah. You know, and they're both ugly as yes, they can are. be. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, Mick is like lips on a toothpick. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. And... Keith is like a wrinkle on a toothpick. I, yeah. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. Uh, he, he's what I know. It's like he's like very leathery, very leathery looking face. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that he's 80 years old doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I I guess, but he was, he, he doesn't have the luxury of always having been 80 years old. No, but what, yeah. like I told you, if you look at him when he was 25, 26 years old, he is not a good looking man. No, he still was leathery. Yeah, he was a little better looking because he was in black and white and the skin was a tiny bit tighter. But <laughs> it, yeah, that that was not his key to life was his yeah. looks. This he was going to have to uh, make it in music or he was in trouble. Yeah. Here I am criticizing these people for their appearance when I've got of the face for radio. There's a reason why this podcast isn't on YouTube. Yeah, but your face way outshines Keith Richards. I promise you that. I'm sure of that too. Of course. So that, that makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> but you know uh, what happened to Brian Jones? Obviously, we all know he joined the 27 Club. Yeah. In July, July 3rd. Uh, yep, July 3rd. Like we said earlier, mm-hmm. the same day as Jim Morrison. Yeah. Only two years earlier in 1969. Yeah. And they found him dead mm-hmm. at the bottom of his swimming pool. Uh, it's a little strange to find somebody at the bottom of a swimming pool. Yeah, it's a little, little strange. I mean, that there are multiple theories behind this. There are, mm-hmm. like any death, any celebrity yeah. death or anything that happens, there's multiple conspiracies yeah. that, you know, so some have him tied up with Prince Margaret at the time. Oh. And think that because he was messing with her that, you know, someone was called one of those guys in the big furry hats come over and drowned him. Mm-hmm. Whatever those hats are called, you would know. Bear hats. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of things like that. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, all of them pretty much yeah, unwarranted the, in any way. But true. There is something about drowning that way, that, or um, the, the timeline of drowning. Because uh, first what happens is you uh, you go under... And then you float and then you sink because uh, it, it kind of depends on how long you've been in the water, uh, what stage they find you. But yeah, for the, he must have been there for a while if they found him at the bottom of his pool. Well, and I, you know, obviously anytime anyone of any stature or mm-hmm. notability dies, there's going to be conspiracy. It doesn't even matter yeah. how they die. They can get hit by mm-hmm. a car and yeah. they're still going to, or even die of cancer. And somebody's going to say, well, yeah. uh, let's they see. were injected with cancer. Yeah. By, Queen, so. Queen Elizabeth the second uh, died this year. And I'm sure that there's already plenty of conspiracy behind. Yeah. That. Not to mention she was that. older than dirt. My goodness. Yeah, exactly. But there's going to be people that say Meghan Markle murdered yeah. her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and it's out there and you know, it is. Yeah. Um, I, you can't find a celebrity that there's not a conspiracy theory behind the way they died, especially when they're, you know, it's like a Jim Morrison or a Marilyn Monroe mm-hmm. or a Brian Jones yeah. or a Keith Moon that are found dead, yeah. you know, and when they're found dead and there's no one that's a perfect witness to exactly what happened, 
hell even when there is yeah you know they're part of the conspiracy right mm -hmm. so yeah so i mean did brian jones just go on a bender and end up uh, falling into his pool and then drowning and sinking that's a possibility yeah did Wasn't, he just medicate yeah. himself until mm -hmm. he was asleep and decided to take a nap in the pool that happens too because you know pools are great Sometimes when you go swimming, you just get tired and you want to take a nap. Exactly. Or was he a complete asshole and his butler murdered him? The butler did it. Uh, Agatha Christie. Didn't she disappear for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Did they find her? I think so. Oh, shit. I hope she turned back up. Yeah. I never cared for Agatha. Yeah. Not really. It's kind of a weird name. I didn't not care for her. Yeah. It was just, I, I'm, I'm pretty neutral. Yeah. On that. So I have my thoughts on this, but what are your thoughts on the legacy of Brian Jones? Do you think he's more popular for starting the Rolling Stones or do you think he's more well known for being part of the 27 club? Do you think if he wasn't part of the 27 club, we'd even hardly remember him? Um, I think that it's all tied together. I think that uh, his fame is very much tied to the Rolling Stones, but it's also tied to the 27 Club, the fact that he died, happened to die when he was 27. Uh, whether that was intentional, whether it was the devil dragging his soul to hell, and that's why his body was found at the bottom of the pool. Um, who knows? I'll tell you what's strange is uh, shortly after his death, Jimi Hendrix wrote a song about him, mm -hmm. and Jim Morrison wrote a poem about him. Oh, uh, both guys recognized his importance to rock and roll music and what he had brought. And both of those men ended up succumbing to death at the same age and joining the same popular club. Yeah. So had they done the, the same ritual to get fame and fortune in exchange for their soul? I don't know. I've read a lot about Jim Morrison, and I don't believe that's something. I don't think Jim would have got along with the devil. No. Jim Morrison, um, well, he was, went to the cemetery, seminary school, and uh, someone posited the, the suggestion that you could petition the Lord with prayer. Well, yeah, they kept telling him that you can petition the Lord yeah. with prayer. They beat that into his head, and he defiantly said that you cannot petition the Lord with prayer. That's right. He did not believe in the Lord. He did not believe in Satan. Mm -hmm. Jim Morrison, and that's really going to like cause a rift between your relationship with the devil because if if you don't believe in the devil then you know that's going to cause a problem I mean, there's you, you got to believe in each other if you're going to have a good friendship well you know obviously you know i like jim i say it over and over yeah um and i don't know so much that i like jim other than i like his creations but i'm very intrigued by him and i can say that he is probably as much as i've done research on a number of people mm -hmm. the most intelligent rock musician to ever live yeah or at least famous rock musician to ever live i think I, that's fair i mean he devoured books yeah. when he was young and i'm talking nietzsche and mm -hmm. you know balder and all this just wow 
stuff when he was 14, 15 years old. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's been said that, you know, you'd go into his home and he'd have three or four bookshelves. And he'd, he'd ask anybody this game he'd played, ask somebody to come over and pick any book, turn it any page and start reading. And they'd start reading and he could finish the sentence. Oh, wow. And multiple people have said this. I mean, he was... Photographic memory. Yeah. Wow. And, and I mean, his... His language and his understanding of the things were so far advanced to mm -hmm. other people, you know. I mean, it... And I think he got yeah. that a lot. His father was in the military and he moved around a lot. And it, mm -hmm. that's what he had time to do, you know, is devour yeah. these things. But he also had a, a funny sense of humor. It's funny we're talking about Brian Jones, but I'm going in Jim Morrison. Mm -hmm. and it reminds me of the time, very famously said by one of his old girlfriends, that he would show up to, to school with a piece of string tied around his ear and then put in his mouth. And he would tell everyone that he was had a bucket tied to the end and he was doing a science experiment for his doctor, <laughs> pulling mucus out of his stomach with nice. a bucket. <laughs> so he just had things like he was so intelligent, but then he'd do just really silly things like yeah. that, you know. When we get back to Brian Jones, you know, when we when we talk about him, there's nothing outstanding about him. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously yeah. outstanding that he started a band this great. Yeah. Obviously. But that's kind of one of the uh, earmarks of the people in the 27 Club, isn't it? Is that these are people who there's nothing really remarkable about them, and yet they come to fame. And that's kind of where the conspiracy comes in, is that they're unremarkable people on their own, but for some reason they're famous. And but wouldn't you say someone like Jim Morrison, someone like Jimi Hendrix, someone like Janis Joplin, Kurt Cobain... Yeah. Um, wouldn't you say they're pretty remarkable in how intelligent they were and what they created? Yeah. Because when I look at Brian Jones, he didn't create any of that and he wasn't remarkable. He put the stones together, but that mm -hmm. is luck and happenstance sure. and later was kicked out of the band because mm -hmm. he had no real creative input that helped them. And they yeah. proved when, when he was gone, he was gone, right? Mm -hmm. These bands, the doors don't exist without Jim Morrison. Yeah. Nirvana doesn't exist without Kurt Cobain. You know, you go to the Beatles, they don't exist without John Lennon or without yeah. Paul McCartney, at least not in the same manner mm -hmm. they do. So I consider some of these guys remarkable. You look at the amount of people in the 27 Club, though, there, there's very few of them that are remarkable. Most people haven't heard of any of them. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. You know, we've named the important ones. Amy Winehouse yeah. is another one that's fairly mm -hmm. popular. But, you know, past your six or seven real popular names, and I would even be willing to say mm -hmm. most people haven't even heard of Brian Jones unless they're diehard I, Rolling Stones fans. I gotta say, I had not heard of Brian Jones before this episode. But he was very popular in the music community for what he had done for his guitar style and all that. And I don't think he was a superb guitar player, but he was one of the first yeah. to play that slide blues guitar, which brought that into, yeah. you know, big time. So another member of the 27 club bites the dust. Yeah. And did he make a deal, deal with the devil or not? That's the question. I mean, I guess the one thing that he did have going for him is he was able to play a lot of different uh, instruments, but they were all string instruments. And I mean, when it comes to playing the similar types, they're, uh, you know, once you pick up one type of string, you can play a lot of them. Well, 
until next time it's been a good one uh reach us at about what pod at gmail.com about what pod on instagram and we hope you enjoyed it we'll read your emails we'll keep keep this going all right have a good evening see ya